Hello and welcome to Sunnydale Study Group, the podcast for returning Scoobies and Buffy newbies. I'm Omar. I'm Chris. And I'm Holland. And today we'll be talking about episode three of season four. Let's just get right into it. Let's hop into the library. All right, we got some cre- ooh, some creaky chairs here in the library. Mm. <laughs> Wanna, there we go. Uh, big big news. Welcome back, Holland. Hi. Hey. Here I am. <laughs> I'm alive. That's amazing. Yes. These days, it's a it's big pretty deal. Impressive. Yeah. <laughs> How you feeling? Tired. Yeah. Be <laughs> honest. That's nuts. Uh, you've been out. Uh, we've mentioned a few times. But you've been out just making magic over at Loot Crate. Uh, just... I mean, I'm I'm just working. I don't know. I'm just living my life. I don't. It's not like magic. <laughs> I feel like you guys are like hyping this up. I'm just like doing stuff that no one really watches, and you know, I don't know. I'm gonna be real about it. I'm in like a freaking rut. I have no idea what I'm doing with my life. Anyway. <laughs> well, you're sitting with me and Omar in my bedroom. Yes. Because my roommate's making brunch. And if you don't know what you're doing in life and you're making a bunch of videos that are being put on the internet, that's a lot better than most people who mm-hmm. are doing nothing. Yeah. So yeah. That's great. <laughs> and you've got a very cool Rick and Morty sweater. Which sweatshirt. Which is a Loot Crate sweatshirt. Oh. They gave me because I work for them. And I get free stuff. Awesome. Yeah, Mr. Meeseeks. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, good. Uh, we have a lot to cover uh, for this episode. Mm. And then it also connects to what we'll be talking about next week, funnily mm. enough. Uh, but I don't want to get too ahead of myself because maybe, just maybe, you were in some mine underground in Sunnydale, chipping and chipping and chipping away looking for jewelry. And if that's the case... You missed the episode. But don't worry. Chris Bramante is going to catch you up with his super easy five harmony biting sentences. So, Chris, take it away in our cram session. The Sunnydale gang is adjusting to college life. And they run into an old friend, Harmony. And I say friend with quotation marks because she was kind of an enemy. And they find out that Harmony is now a vampire. And she threatens Willow and Oz, saying that her boyfriend is going to attack them. One. Buffy has a crush on a guy named Parker, and he tells her this sob story about his life, which apparently he tells to a bunch of girls, and I'm just going to get through Parker quick because I hate talking about him, but Parker uh, engages Buffy in a one-night stand in a way that's pretty misleading, and then she overhears him saying it to a bunch of other girls as well, and she's pretty burned and hurt by it. Two. Uh, (laughs) Harmony turns out does have a boyfriend, and it is none other than Spike, who was dumped by Drusilla for a fungus demon, and it's all he ever talks about, but he is in Sunnydale looking for the gem of Amara, which Giles lets us know is like the holy grail of vampire lore, where it will render the wearer unkillable and un-anythingable. You'll basically be a super vampire. Three. Not only is the gem of Amara real, but Spike discovers it. And in his anger, thinking that he's found it, stakes Harmony, but she's wearing the gem. But then Spike takes the gem from her, wears it on his hand, and then tracks down Buffy and fights her in broad daylight, kicking her ass and mocking her for feeling sad about her one-night stand. Four. That's the fourth one? Yeah, I believe that's the fourth one. Meanwhile, Anya presents herself to Xander and they have sex. But also, Spike is ultimately defeated. Buffy takes the ring from him and sends it with Oz 
to L.A. where he can give it to Angel. Five. And that's the episode. Great job. Thanks. Awesome. Uh, so let's talk about the uh, elephant douche in the room. <laughs> yeah. Oh, awful. That actor, I actually, whenever I see him in other things now, I'm like, ew, yuck, you're Parker. <laughs> Who is worse than Owen? Okay, so we're now going to... Uh, I know that Owen wasn't our that bad. feelings are about Owen. Holland, you liked Owen. I didn't like Owen. I just didn't think he was... Okay, that we over, severely overreacted. I think he overreacted. <laughs> we kind of did. We just were trying to make bits out of season one. That's why Herbert got his own Twitter. Oh, no. I stick with what I said about Owen. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, Parker is... Worse. He's worse. Because he doesn't care about... Oh, he's definitely, he's definitely worse. Um... I think the biggest, I feel like we're going to focus a lot on this before we get, even get to Spike. Let's just get him done and then we can Let's just get him, him done. Uh, <laughs> Let's just have a quick one night stand with Parker in a conversation. And then leave him. Yeah. <laughs> I think it's the, I think it's dishonesty. I think that's Parker's biggest sin is dishonesty because he presents himself a certain way to Buffy and there's like this emotional vulnerability and then gaslights her right afterwards and is like, oh, you thought it was this thing? Even though that's exactly what he was setting up. Mm -hmm. And I think it's predatory, especially to someone who's in, like, a new surrounding and everything. And not to say that, you know, Buffy can't hold her own, but it is, I don't know, like, I feel like it's uh, emotionally predatory. Mm -hmm. And that's what I despise about him. That's Mm -hmm. what I really don't like about him. Uh, And that's why I am fine with with us casting him in in such a dark light for the podcast. Mm -hmm. How are you, Holland? How do you feel about Parker? I mean, I don't love it. I think it's like, it's this weird, it's this weird thing for me that I'm realizing where it's like, oh, this is just, sorry. It's just like a. Drop it. Drop it. No, it's just one of those, it's one of those things where it's like this, this weird thing and I'm noticing it a lot. Um, I don't know if it's just because like I'm an adult now or it's like an LA thing, but it's like, I feel like there's like a major lack of communication between people about like what something is. So it's like there's this whole thing where it's like you think so, like it's usually like one person thinks something is one thing and the other person thinks it's this thing and then it ends up with someone getting hurt. But and I, I really think it's because like people don't communicate what they want. Yes. And it's like I'm guilty of it and other people are guilty of it. So it's like you I feel like you just end up getting into this situation where your feelings get hurt or you hurt someone else's feelings because people don't like everyone is so afraid to be um emotionally like vulnerable or to like show their cards so like people just don't they lie because so, like, it's like he i mean he and it's not even like yes that's a trick that he it's like he is emotionally vulnerable or so it seems like this is what he does to get girls but it's like at the same time like he thinks that's like to him he's like oh well this is he sees it as like this is going to be one night stand i'm going into these one night stand situations and like there shouldn't be some sort of, like, predisposed notion that, like, women don't want one-night stands. Because they yeah. also, like, I think a lot of people want one-night stands and a lot of people just want that. And usually when emotions are involved, that's not what it's supposed to be. Mm-hmm. But there's also, like, that element of, like, you could have, like, a really, like, in-depth, serious conversation with someone and maybe it just doesn't mean anything. Maybe that's just a thing that happens. It's, like, it's yeah. one of those things where it's, like, unless you are, like, I feel like people just need to be clear about what things are before they happen. And it's like, yes, Buffy is upset about what happened, and yes, what Parker did was shitty, but I don't think it's like, oh, man, this guy's a villain. I don't think it's a situation where it's like, this guy is a villain. Uh, I think it's a situation where it's like, yeah, he did a shitty thing, and he did some, like, she wasn't expecting that to happen, but it's like, 
I don't know if you like fucking talk to people about what you want out of something like before you do it. Um, not like that ever happens. Like I'm saying this, like like no, but you know, I appreciate it. Yeah, appreciate it. Like express their feelings, it. but that's not what happens. So someone always ends up getting hurt. But it's like you can't like. I feel like it's not a situation where you can blame one or the other person. I think as human beings, we are just like very very flawed, mm-hmm. and that is why these situations happen. And I don't think it's like a good versus evil, evil or like black and white type situation. I think there's like way more that goes into it. And that is my opinion on that. That's a, well, I think that... Like, drop. That was... Uh, that made me think about it differently. Yeah. I guess that, yeah, the thing with Parker is that we are led as viewers to be sickened by him to mm-hmm. a degree. In the sense that they then show him... Because we're seeing through Buffy's eyes. Because we're seeing through Buffy's eyes, and then we see him with the follow-up where you just hear him be like, yeah, my dad. Like, he uses the, like, the death of his father to get laid... Is yeah, what it seems like. It's a crazy pickup line. And then he, like you see him saying it again, like on that bench, and like mm. the only snippet Buffy hears is like, oh, I mean, yeah, like, this is when my dad died. I just and it's like, okay. Yeah. I like that notion of like the idea of like that certain people wouldn't be down for one night stands and that they have to be like be tricked into them, which is like always like a weird thing to me every time I see that. Where I'm just like, why don't you just, if that's all you want and you don't have to deal with, it's in, I guess to turn myself into robot Omar for a quick second, it's like inefficient to try to couple with people who have different intentions than you. Mm-hmm. And I like what you said, Holland, about just like being upfront, where it's like, if you just want a one night stand, there's so many people who want that and do not want to talk to you or see you ever again. They don't want breakfast. They want you to leave. Yeah. <laughs> they want you to leave the bed the second that everything is taken care of. But it's also like, and it's hard because it's like you don't even you don't always know going into it. It's like you're at a party and you're talking to someone, and then you end up like making out with them or like hooking up with them or whatever happens happens. And then it's like it's like the next morning, and you're like, did I want this? Am I yeah. do I want this? But am I afraid of it? Like, or like your mind I, can change. Yeah, or like you like I don't know. You like end up going on a date with them. And you're like, oh no, this isn't what I wanted. This was just like a fun. But it's like you don't you don't know, and so you have to feel out the situation. Um, but it's shitty because it's it's hard because it's, I don't know. I, like, I don't, it's hard for me to just see him as, and, like, I know I should see him as, like, a villain, but it's hard for me to just see that as a terrible thing, though, because I'm like, oh, yeah, well, that's college. That's, like, I'm like, that's what guys mm-hmm. do. Like, in my head, I'm just like, oh, this is something that guys do. This is something that girls do. Like, we're all shitty. Like, we do <laughs> shitty things to people. This is something that just happens. Like, it's relatable and it sucks, but it's like, oh, this is just a thing that we do to other people. Yeah. Yeah, no, you're right. You're right. You know what? Maybe Owen and Parker aren't that bad after all. I'm not budging. <laughs> it's just hard because it's like when you're in, when it's someone's point of view, you can very easily see a person as like evil or doing all these things wrong. And mm-hmm. then you can also like blame yourself, which isn't the right thing to do either. I think it's just like, I don't know. Like, I'm also, like, I just get so removed from everything and get, like, such a fucking, like, analytical robot about it. But it's, like, it's just about a lack of communication and it's just understanding that no one knows what they're doing. Yeah. And it's, like... It's true. Yeah. It's just an advanced version of, like, when birds do a mating dance and it's, like, one of them, like, hops a little bit and the other one's, like, hmm, okay. And then it, like, hops a little weirdly and it's, like, "Ah, I'm not sure I like the way that you (laughs) hopped. And then, like... Not a good hop. Not a good hop. It's ultimately just conversation is our version of birds hopping. Yeah. I guess it's interesting because, (laughs) yeah, conversation is our version of birds hopping. Uh, 
I guess it's interesting to me because, like, with a character in Buffy, like Parker, you're able to project a lot because we're not seeing it through his eyes. Like, we're only mm-hmm. seeing his actions and behaviors from the outside um, and hearing other people's opinions. And it feels in, like, I remember, like, there were, like, freshman year of college, there were so many, there was so much weird action that guys did and felt pressured to do. And also, not to take, you know, um, onus away from them because, uh, you know, they were in charge of what they were doing. But to, like, try to sleep with as many women as they could and try to trick women into sleeping with them instead of just sleeping with people upon their own merit, I guess. It's, like, enters into, like, sort of, like, a weird thing where... And I we don't really have any... Like, it's not like Parker's playing, like, that baseball game or whatever, right? Like, it's not, like, keeping a tally or, like, the notches on the bed frame no. or whatever, right? I mean, but that's what he's that's what he's doing in his head. Yeah. Right, So it's, yeah. like, it's something that people do, and I just think it's, like, sophomoric and, like, stupid. And yeah. I understand that people are like that, and I'm like, oh, well, that's just dumb. You shouldn't want to do that. I don't think it's, like, mm-hmm. evil. I just yeah. think, like, you're hurting people, and you shouldn't do that. Yeah, exactly. And that's yeah. Why. yeah. But I'm... And college is an environment that is characteristically one where people are... Promiscuous. Yes. Yeah. Although even more, I would say even more than even more than post college life or pre college life. Am am I wrong to? No, I think it's supposed to be. It's seen as the promiscuous time. It's seen as, but now I'm thinking about it. It's like I don't agree. Like in terms of, I don't know. I was very like conscious of this when I went into college because I was like, all right, what is actually true and what was just made up by John Landis, and. I, in Animal House, in yes, yeah, specifically Animal House. By the way, in Animal House, apparently it's funny to kill a horse. <laughs> I don't agree with that. I think that was a tragedy. And then they cut the horse in half. Do you guys remember Animal House? I don't remember the cutting the horse in half. So I'm trying to write this script called Ghost House. It's literally just Animal House, but with ghosts. Turns out that that's actually just Monsters Inc. But instead of ghosts, it's monsters. So I'm gonna stop <laughs> that project. Uh, but. <laughs> Um, so I was watching Animal House again, and I was like, great, I'm going to turn this into ghosts. And some of it works where it's just like, oh, all these preppy dudes who are, like, rich or whatever are, like, the bad guys. And it's like, and all the fun guys are the ones who don't care about stuff because they're ghosts. I'm like, I can write this. But then they, like, sneak into the dean's office, and they bring, like, a horse in, and then they try to shoot the horse and scare the horse. The horse has a heart attack, which is just a freeze frame. Ah, yes, yes, And then the horse dies, and then they can't get the horse to the door, so they have to just chop the horse in half in the room. And I was like... I feel horrible for this horse. Grim. Maybe I'll write a story that's a revenge of the. <gasps> it's Sleepy Hollow, but it's a pre, it's a sequel to Animal House, and the horse is the headless horseman. Ooh. The headless horse man. The headless horse man. <laughs> and you can get Jim Belushi to play Bluto's uh, descended son. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> He's gonna be in the new Twin Peaks. Oh really? Yeah. Ah. It's part of that like giant cast. That's yeah, a huge cast. So many people on topics. Um, but it was interesting to me because freshman year and sophomore year, I remember a lot of people saying that they were having a lot of sexual intercourse, and then later finding out that it was a lot of lies, and that people weren't, but people were just saying they were. And there were some people who like got into like the game of it and quickly found out like the cycle and like how to go through and like these are the people that just like to hook up all the time and stuff. But I feel like people didn't start having casual sex in in terms of the people who are being honest with me until after college. During college, everyone was, like, very anxious. Because college is still just children. Like, college to me is, like, still, like, people can barely vote. <laughs> so, it's camp. It's camp. Yeah, it's just it's giant. It's hormone camp. It's school camp. Hormone camp. Where you're young adult. Where you're all legal adults. 
generally sneaking alcohol. Like, I feel like the amount of people I knew who were, ha- who were like, regularly having casual sex in high school was, like, high, and then it dipped in college, and then people who were in relationships in college had a lot of sex. But otherwise, it would be, like, people, like, might find, like, one or two people to hook up with, and then, like, they would go to parties, and they just wouldn't, like, know how to, like, have that conversation. And then after four years, or now six years, have having that, like, figuring out that conversation, it's... And now the mention of apps and stuff like that has changed things. But, like, now as young adults, I notice that people in their, like, 22s, 24s, 25s were having more casual sex than they were in college. At least the people that I was keeping track of. Interesting. And if you're wondering, did you just keep track of people's sex lives? Yeah, I did. It's like a no. <laughs> I did. Because yeah. I was curious. Oh, I see. Yes. Did you guys... Uh, mm, yeah. Okay. <laughs> Is it creepy? Absolutely. Do I keep track of other people's personal details? Yes, because I would like to know when to give certain friends chocolates and ice cream and their own space and um, hot water bottles during the month. That's just a thing that I would like to keep track of. So anyhow. So anyhow, uh, one thing I found funny about this episode is that uh, Spike is always able to inspire like a staff of vampires to work for him he is he's very charismatic he's a startup guy like he is like a silicon valley or silicon beach kind of guy like i feel like in another life he would have started snapchat yeah you know yeah and he could have if that pesky ring didn't get out of his possession (sighs) yeah but spike is back what's interesting about this episode is that three characters from season three or pre- previous Buffy characters emerge. And that's our season's recall back alarm mm-hmm. going up yeah. back there. Or even previous season character, because Spike is mostly a season two character that stops by for season three, and then he returns here in a big way. Mm. But Spike, Harmony, and Anya each enter the show in this episode in a way that's not a, not what they were. Mm-hmm. Spike in Spike's similar. He always shows up to town with shenanigans, but he felt a little <laughs> eviler this time around. Yeah, like the way he fights Buffy in Harsh Light of Day he versus how tough. they talk to each other in Lovers Walk. Yeah, this is a much eviler Spike. It's like dealing with getting dumped. He's like not mm-hmm. in a great place. Even though he has a new girlfriend, it's just like not. Oh, she's like such a rebound. He's still very hung up on Drusilla. Yeah. Yeah, who left him for a fungus demon. I like that Drusilla always just lives him for leaves him for just, like, different weird demons. Yeah. It was a chaos demon. With yeah. The, with the antlers. Just gotta drive yep. crazy. Yeah. And then a fungus demon, which I assume is maybe... Mushrooms. Even, yeah, even stranger <laughs> looking to Spike than a... But you know what I like, what I about, like about Drew? Is for Drew, it's not about what does the demon look like or it's how slimy are its yeah. antlers. Yeah. It's uh, I appreciate how, that. Yeah, more diversity than friends, mm-hmm. than the people they were dating in friends and Sex and City combined. It is. <laughs> <laughs> so Spike is back. He has this weird. What do you guys think about Spike and Harmony? Oh boy, what a pair! Mm-hmm. <laughs> I Blondie Bear. Like they have some chemistry. It's like so well written and acted. So they have some chemistry, but not enough. That's my favorite thing about yeah. them. Is like they definitely like physically have issues they're sorting out, but they also just don't work. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I think it's like it So Jane Espenson wrote the mm-hmm. episode, which I just saw on that's great. It's a great <laughs> one. Uh it's a Harmony Harmony is not someone we've ever liked in this show. At least not, I shouldn't say we, I. I'm not a big fan. Yeah. Harmony was always the 
annoying Cordelia sidekick that was not kind, didn't have really redeeming qualities besides the fact that she's got some charm to her, Mm -hmm. but was always cruel, was always mocking them, never showed any sign of helpfulness. Mm -hmm. Perhaps the only real humanizing moment is when she gets killed during graduation, but it's still a little unclear. Yeah. I know that Joss's plan was to turn Harmony into a vampire. And so when she comes back, Harmony as Vampire Harmony is kind of the status quo of what that character is ultimately remembered the Harmony, for. Not like computer class Harmony. It's Harmony, the yeah. vampire. And so when Spike comes in and it's like not only is he moping for Drusilla, but it's like he's with someone that we don't like, it kind of diminishes his coolness in a way. Oh, it brings down his coolness a lot. Yeah. Which is my... I. That's like a rebound thing. Anytime someone's in like a serious relationship and they get out of it, I'm always because now we're just revealing that I am just um, a terrible person. I just watch people and turn them into stories. You just have a little book that you keep track of everybody's personal relationships. I don't have a little book. I'm going to go on record and say I don't have a little book. Um, I have many. but it's like the person they date right afterwards has so much of how they want to be seen, I've mm-hmm. noticed. And lots of people are healthy and are just like, nope, like I'm like totally, you know, like I, this is a person I met and like I am figured out a lot about myself and I want to be happy. But lots of times, like especially with guy friends I've noticed, I'll get out of a serious relationship and like the next night I'll be like, come see this movie. It's like, can I bring this girl I'm talking to? She's French. Like, <laughs> okay. Carmen San Diego, like I don't, <laughs> completely unnecessary detail to throw unless you wanted to uh, 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 imply some sort of impression upon me. And so Spike just trying to be like, yeah, like this is like a girl in town or whatever. I, it's just like so. It's so. It's such a good choice. It's such a good mm-hmm. writing choice for me that Spike and Harmony are the ones that like hook up. Yeah, and it says more about yeah. Spike than it does about Harmony. Mm-hmm. And it's very vampiric of them. In terms like of the way that they treat each other. I feel like Spike treats her more as a vampire lover than he did Drusilla, who he worshipped. Yeah. And that Harmony allows for this really cruel, villainous, vindictive side of Spike. A very... Because we've seen... This is the first time we've seen Spike as, like, an abusive boyfriend. Yeah. Well, because Drew Drew had the hammer over him. Like, yeah, yeah, exactly. He he worships Drew. And he needed control in another relationship, so Mm -hmm. he found someone that he was not emotionally attached to. And that he's mean to. Yeah. Yeah, like, he he says he loves syphilis more than he loves her. Mm Mm-hmm. And he does not love syphilis. No. Let's go on record really quickly. I think what he was implying is that he hates her. Oh! (laughs) (laughs) Like, to me, it's worse to be in, like, a relationship with someone you don't care about Mm -hmm. than to, like, have a misleading one-night stand with someone. Because, like, a one-night stand is, like, if you went into that, like, maybe you trick them into it, but it's still, like, at the end of the day, it's, like, just sex. Yeah. Um, But if you're, like, in a relationship with someone and that's supposed to be, like... Like, like, that's a more meaningful thing, and you're being, like, real mean. Like, yes, it's, like, sex to be deceptive and manipulative, but to me it's, like, worse to just be treating someone really poorly in, like, yeah. a long... I, like, that... Because it creates... It, yeah, it creates, like, an emotional dependency. Yeah. Like, yeah. either way, it's gonna, like, mess you up emotionally, but... 
I don't know. That I know, an abusive relationship. But I still love Spike, and that's another problem. I don't know. Like, don't listen to anything I'm saying. I cannot well, give guy advice, clearly. Um, but also, Spike, we're, he's soulless. It's not yeah. like, it's. I mean, it's all It's because it's like believe. I know, like, the good to Spike, so it's hard for me to be like... And it's a thing where okay, let's also I don't know. This is maybe treading into. It. I've also, already put he has myself. Also, a leather jacket and he's hot. <laughs> and an accent. I mean, also I he's know, just hot, so let's just also, let him get away with anything hot. he wants. Uh, so clearly, <laughs> uh, I'm trying to think exactly how to phrase this because I've said so many weird things already. I've already, I think I've already maxed out my weirdness <laughs> per per session. I think it's fine. <laughs> uh, but I I think that. It's funny because their relationship is so unhealthy, but there's an understanding. Whereas Parker and Buffy's relationship is seemingly healthier, but there is not that understanding up front. No. Whereas Harmony... She knows. I don't agree with what it is, and I think there's so many... We can zoom out so much to be like, what's society doing to these people? How does, also, how does society influence vampires and stuff? And soullessness and souls, and we could talk about all of this stuff and, and, and try to define those words. But at the end of the day, I still kind of feel like Harmony is like knows kind of what's going on, and she's not like helpless. She's as every much. time... In the episode that Spike says something like incredibly hostile to her, she smiles. No, no, and no. That's the thing. Like, yeah. that's, that's the thing. Like, I understand. Like, that is definitely a thing. Like, enjoying. I don't know. Like, liking when people are mean to you. Like, I'm not gonna Masochistic. deny. No, it's yeah. like that's definitely like a tendency and a thing to have. But I'm. It's like. I I don't. Uh, I just think about like I just think it's stupid. <laughs> like my whole defense for all this was like, oh well, that's just stupid. If people are just stupid, is yeah, weird. yeah, yeah. I agree. I agree. Okay, and now we are doing our extracurricular activity, which is going to be reading people's homework responses. So we thought we would do for our extracurricular activity uh, for this week, and guess what? Uh, we are probably not going to do it for an extracurricular activity again because <laughs> we realized really quickly that there are spoilers uh, throughout this these homework answers. Mm-hmm. So from now on, what we're going to do is we're going to push that to the end of the episode. Um, and also, since we have to record them at different times because we record episodes in chunks and stuff like that, uh, this is clearly a different time, and Holland is no longer here with us. It's going to be weird because then when we sign out, you will hear Holland's voice. All very confusing, so we'll correct that for ongoing next times. Uh, but nonetheless, let's hop in. We asked you guys with your SSG homework, hashtag SSG homework assignments for the last few weeks, who are your Scoobies? Uh, and the responses we got, Blair responded, uh, The Wedding Circuit and The Humans. Oh. From, uh, of course, from chat and from the greater geeky world. Thank Less you, than Blair. three to everybody. Mm-hmm. As well as fellow WhoPod hosts. And if you don't listen to WhoPod, you gotta. You just gotta do it. At WhoPod on Twitter. And also just Google H-O-O-P-O-D. Mm-hmm. I was on WhoPod once. Once back in the day. We're when talk- was it? Um, last year. Uh huh. We talked about Star Wars. Oh, nice. What do you guys specifically chat about? Discuss. In terms of our discussion, I it kind of got covered all of it. Mm-hmm. I feel like Blair, you'll have to correct me what the prompt was. I feel like the prompt was something about Return of the Jedi. Okay. Great. And like defense of it. That's a good prompt. But we then I think it earlier. just kind of spit. Yeah, we did. And then I think it just spilled into everything. As any geeky topic does. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Favorite X-Men quickly becomes like, could a planet from DC eat another planet? <laughs> um, 
Uh, we also asked you guys with your homework assignments, uh, what were your favorite bronze memories or bands that played at the bronze? We got some really, really good responses. Uh, Erica Jackson said, of course, Michelle Branch's Goodbye to You. Don't want to say too much Classic. because I don't want to get too spoilery. Yeah. Um, we'll just glance over it. Yeah, but that's a great... Wow, that episode is a lot. It's beautiful. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then Alex Curry also agreed with that um, in terms of that Michelle Branch being the best performance at the bronze. That's one that you're just like, wow, the bronze is speaking for our souls. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and that's probably the most famous song that was ever played at the bronze. Probably. Yeah. I, that I can, in terms of like popular music that yeah. people have heard of, yeah, yes. that's a big act to come through Sunnydale. Oh yeah. Um, Emma says, uh, "I'm trying to try to phrase this without being too spoilery, which is why we'll move homework assignments and reading homework till after the music on, on future sessions." But uh, when Buffy is saying something to Spike, but it's not maybe exactly Buffy. Do you understand? Mm, much so. Do you understand that? I very clearly do. <laughs> That's a crazy moment. Yeah. Um, Cube, uh, hopefully we're pronouncing that correctly. Cube uh, said Buffy and Faith dancing to Chinese Burn by Curve. Is that in Bad Girls? Yeah. Great. Iconic. Yeah, that's like the first meme, one of the first memes that comes up, or gifts that comes up. Yeah, when you search for mm-hmm. Buffy. Yeah. If I built a Hogwarts... Maybe one of my first moving paintings would be Buffy and uh, Faith dancing to that song in the bronze. Okay, it wouldn't be like something educational because it's a school of wizardry? Uh, no. Okay, fair enough. <laughs> no, just something to say, you see? That looks fun, right, everybody? <laughs> Make sure you know who you're staking. No, I, I, no, I'd use it as a lesson in Defense Against the Dark Arts. Oh, that's good. Have it on that's the wall good. and say, yes, this is how you kill vampires, but in the heat of battle... Make sure that you know you're killing a vampire and not a deputy mayor. That's Who's a friend of the podcast. Very important. Don't stab Jack. <laughs> Don't stab Jack. Um, and then we also uh, uh, we are in so we're investigating this currently. Yes. Um, but we were told on Twitter that there is a Dingoes Ate My Baby cover band mm-hmm. called Wake Up in a Coma. We are going to find out more about this because uh, whatever information we can share with you guys about it. Holy smokes, that is exciting and great. Uh, so we will be getting to the bottom of that and looking into it because, man, a cover band for dingoes? That's great. Like, I want more dingoes. Yeah, so Erica Lynn mm-hmm. told us about that. It seems to indicate that it's her band. That's what I believe. So Erica Lynn at Pippi Married. We're going to find out. We're going to ask We're gonna some ask, questions. Yeah, let us know. Oh, oh she's the host of Geek E Podcast. At UTB Networks. Cool. Well, Erica Lynn, thank you for listening to us. And we definitely want to hear that music. And that podcast. Um, And then finally, in terms of the responses for favorite bronze memories or performances, Andy Wright said Amy Mann. Couldn't agree more. And Mm -hmm. I think also, I'll have to check, but I think you also tagged Amy Mann, which is pretty great. (laughs) I want Amy Mann to know that, like, and this is, that's a future performance, so Mm -hmm. we're not going to say too much. But I would like, uh, I would love it if I ever met Amy Mann. I would be like, you know what you were fantastic in? And she'd be like, Magnolia? I'm like, nope. I loved you in the bronze. Uh, <laughs> I, don't, I would say bronze, better what the opening for Blade was going for. Mm-hmm. I feel like the bronze does a better job. Yeah. Like that dance club where it's like, it's a goth dance club. Bronze did it, bronze did it first. 
It's industrial post-goth. Industrial post-goth is being determined last week. Um, and then finally, when we were discussing Hollywood Goes Holland, JP had some solid pitches. Do you mind if I run them by you? Please do. Tootsie, but set in space with Muppets. Sold. Great. Uh, Omar's puns become sentient, take over Omar's body, and start conquering the world with pun magic. Sold. Great. Catastrophe film where all the shoes disappear. Like, the shoes get raptured. Okay? They're just gone. Or maybe there was, like, a, a specific shoe tornado. And uh, and all the pairs are gone except for one pair that people go crazy about, and they're Uggs. Uh, you had me at shoe tornado. So. Oh, okay. Well, it might not be a shoe tornado. It might be shoe rapture. No deal. Okay. Well, okay. Well, that one, unfortunately, is now in development hell. Oh, okay. uh, <laughs> a horror movie where alcohol turns people into furniture. <laughs> is that a documentary? <laughs> yes. Yes. So great. Remake of Flight of the Phoenix. Have you seen Flight of the Phoenix or the remake of Flight of the Phoenix? What is it? Flight of the Phoenix is where this plane, this uh, plane crashes the people, and they have to uh, fend off people in the desert, but also try to rebuild the plane and survive and get out of the desert. I don't know it. Oh, okay. Well, th- both versions I thought are very good. Correct. There might even be more than that. Uh, but yeah, I have this joke in this this thing I'm writing that we worked on a little bit together but it's gonna happen in October mm. that maybe is a musical maybe involves monsters maybe oh. it's a monster musical um, yeah, and then there's back. a line where someone's like tonight we're gonna watch the remake we're gonna watch the thing the remake no the remake I thought it was really funny we'll see if it makes it in the final cut <laughs> um, and then finally JP's last pitch for Hollywood goes, hashtag Hollywood goes Holland is fish movie Everybody needs at least one fish movie a year. I agree. So we feel sympathy to the ocean. Yeah. What would the genre be for fish movie? I think it would be a... It would be a... uh, Action. Action? (laughs) An action film in which fish... Mm -hmm decide to try to take out a fish restaurant uh-huh. that's sitting over a cliff. Like take out in terms of like the mob like yeah, like get the, rid of it. Like they they like they they evolve into flying fish. Okay, so they evolve into flying fish. So they can catapult themselves to weaken the wood because it's like a Tony is like a cliffside fish right, place. Of course. But the people that are in that fish restaurant are actually very nice people. And the only people that actually die in the first scene are a bunch of pescatarians. Whoa, ironic. Because they... It well, opens, no, appropriate. It opens with the pescatarians driving by, like, a meat factory and being like, ugh, disgusting. But I'll eat a fish. Yeah. And then and the like, Excuse me, another fish? Because they're fishists. And at the end of the movie, does someone look at the restaurant, like, drowning in the ocean and go... Well, I guess now that restaurant is sleeping with the fishes. Mm-hmm. Okay, great. So Great. <laughs> <laughs> Perfect. And those were everyone's homework assignments. If we missed any, please let us know. Tweet at us at SSG Podcast and go, hey, I turned my homework in. Why am I not getting credit? Uh, we will talk. Uh, we will give you your next homework assignment when the bell rings because we'll be back in the normal. This is so weird, but we'll be back in the normal session that we recorded with Holland. Uh, and then from now on, we'll never do anything this weird. Mm-hmm. We'll never. Anything you hear will just be recorded at one time. We'll only have bells that indicate to us to transition to topics, not to transition to different recordings. And we apologize. Or you're seeing behind the curtain. This I is apologize us. to you, Omar, because you're the one who Omar. Just so you guys all know, he's the one who edits all these together with the technology and the music and the recording second sessions that he cuts into previous sessions. <laughs> well, Chris is the one who uh, keeps an eye. He's the social watcher. 
of all the socials. Mm. So if you're turning in your homework, it's Chris who's collecting. So. Hello. All right. Well, let's. Uh, I see the bell is about to ring, and then we'll go back to our normal session. And here it comes. All right. And that is our bell. I hope you enjoyed us reading your homework. Please send us, uh, continue sending us your homework in case you didn't get in on time. Don't worry. You're not going to get penalized for that. Uh, and we have another homework assignment for you, which is if you could have any piece of jewelry or or accessory that would grant you superpowers what would it be you have to wear it It has to be like outwardly public it can't be something you hide underneath it can't be one of these iron fist tattoos i keep hearing about around town it has to be something that you would wear on your person and people would see what would it be please tag that as ssg homework hashtag ssg homework on twitter and tweet those to us at ssg podcast and we'll read those out loud next week all right, guys. Uh, thank you so much for joining us for our discussion. Chris, where can they find you? Uh, you can find me as a Montioc on Twitter, Instagram, and YouTube, and on The Gauntlet on Hyper RPG, Thursdays at 6.30 p.m. Pacific Standard Time. Uh, Omar's been on an episode. Holland's going to come on one when she can. Uh, and also you can find me with Robot Teammate. On, I mean, if you want to, of course. No, it's, I still <laughs> have this conversation right now. <laughs> Should we schedule? Does the 18th work? Or? No, is that right? <laughs> um, you can find me with Robot Teammate on Geek and Sundry or uh, at Live and Thriving in the world. And, um, yeah, last thing I wanted to say was just, yeah, the Xander Anya scene. Love it. <laughs> we don't have to go into it. I just think it's a good scene. Go uh, Holland, where can people find you? Um, if you want to hear me talk about how stupid I think people are, you can follow me on Twitter. At Holland Farkas, uh, Instagram is Farkland. I make videos over at Loot Crate, um, our YouTube channel, Blue Crate Studios, so watch our stuff. We do a lot of stuff. We work really hard on it. I think it's pretty good. Um, I, yeah, I don't know. I write things sometimes. You can find my articles. Um, articles? Through my Twitter. My essay. <laughs> We're not there yet. Oh. oh right. We're not there yet. Uh, Keep track of the timeline, guys. <laughs> um, I don't know. Just, uh, I post stuff. <laughs> tell, tell hard, XO. Nope. <laughs> Not that. And I'm Omar. You can also find me on Twitter at Omar Najam. And you can on my, I'm also on an improv team. We perform all the time uh, at UCB Sunset as well as at the Clubhouse. So please check us out at uh, Swimming Lessons Improv on Facebook. We always post our events and our shows, and you can attend those and hang out. And on principle, we only do free shows. So if you don't have money, like me, because I don't have any, uh, you're you're in the clear, buddy. All right. Uh, thank you so much. Thank you so much again for joining the podcast. We're back on. We will be just every week now we'll be either covering a Buffy or Angel episode although we do have a few extracurriculars planned for the future which we're excited to roll out but don't worry we are going to knock out a whole bunch of episodes first Uh, and speaking of which next week we will be discussing the Angel episode that connects to this one so follow the ring follow the ring Uh, (laughs) Oz is like the Frodo taking this ring to Mordor yeah and Mordor is Los Angeles. It's That's a, pretty, it's a that gig. Yeah, that yeah. It is. Yeah. <laughs> it's a gig that Devin thinks is going to be a good gig. But Spoilers, it's, yeah. it's not. It's, uh, <laughs> <no>. <laughs> all right, guys. We'll see you next week. Until then, pack up your bags, pack up your books. We'll see you in Los Angeles.
Sunnydale Study Group is a weekly Buffy podcast produced by Holland Farkas, Chris Morante, and Oren Najam. Our music is by Jimmy Scavone. If you'd like to check out more information about Sunnydale Study Group, check out SSG Podcast on Twitter, Sunnydale Study Group on Instagram, and Sunnydale Study Group on Facebook. If you enjoy this podcast, please visit our iTunes page, give us a rating, and leave a comment. Thank you very much.